Jesse, long time no pod. Uh, where are you right now? I am back in Berlin after a whirlwind almost two weeks of travel to the countries of Belgium. That's a place, right? Uh, I, as far as I know, that's just the style of waffle. Waffle and french fries. Yeah, I was in Belgium and then I went to the Netherlands and then Hamburg. Uh, and dude, some crazy stuff happened. You want to hear a classic crazy Jesse single travel story? Yeah, lay it on me. Okay, the last leg of the trip was in Hamburg. I met my brother there. So we were out. You're eating pizza, wearing cargo shorts. No, surprisingly, there was no pizza in Hamburg. Um, everywhere, lots of French fries, lots of fried garbage, lots of beers. Great. But I was there with my brother, and we walked through the uh, or around in the St. Pauli district. It's like their sort of famous red light district. And due to some quirk of the local laws, there's like certain blocks that are, there's no polite way to say this, just crowded with prostitutes jesse 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 crowded with sex workers come on sex workers sorry women who trade sex mm-hmm. um and we walked down this one block and they were just very very aggressive they invited us to go upstairs with them and i have not had a lot of ex- both of you creepy uh i don't know if they meant it like a brother brother thing maybe they didn't know we were brothers but yeah they invited each of us one of them Possible. one of them grabbed my arm like they're very aggressive and i responded with my characteristic grace and dignity i started get giggling <laughs> like a little girl and i basically <laughs> ran away <laughs> so you didn't lose your virginity on this trip I did not. I was I was so close. It would be funny if I didn't realize what was going on. I just came on the pod. I was like, the women in Hamburg loved me. I don't know what it was. One stole my wallet, but otherwise. <laughs> well, great. I'm glad uh, I'm glad you've been enjoying yourself. Any other travel tales we should know about? No. Just at the main strip there is called the Raper Bon, which just sort of fits mm, given the kind yeah. of uh, district it is. The o- the only other travel tale. On the nose. Yeah. The only other travel tale was um in Amsterdam, I met some of our listeners, and it was great. And hardly any of them really? were Dutch, mostly expats, but I won't hold that against them. And one of them, a Dutch Israeli listener, gave me two tins of what the Dutch call Jew cookies. <laughs> I'm not making that up. They're called Jew they, cookies. What are they made, made from? I don't know. He put those, the- um, Are they cheap? <laughs> People should just Google Jew cookies, uh, Dutch. But uh, yeah, great. Tri- Don't do it at work. Great trip. But I'm back in Berlin, and now I have to uh, podcast with you. Yes. Well, uh, while we were on vacation last week, my nephew came out to visit me. He's 13, and uh, a couple things happened. Not that you asked, but a couple things happened. For one, I had a, a realization. Uh, so before my nephew came out to visit for a week. I thought, like, kids should not have smartphones. You know, it just seems like common sense. Like, kids need to learn to live their lives in the real world. They don't need the distraction. They don't need the pressure of social media and stuff like that. You know, just, like, I think it's sort of common sense. Like, don't give kids smartphones. Yeah. Completely changed my mind after this. Give the fucking kid a smartphone because if you don't give the kids a smartphone, they will constantly ask you to Google stuff and Jesse, does it look like I am interested in the score for the Women's World Cup? Don't answer that. I know I do, but I'm not. So I've changed my opinion on that. Give the kids a smartphone. That's what your teenage nephew asked you to Google? Among other things, lots of sports scores. That's very wholesome. Of all the things, you said he's 13. Yeah. Asking his, are you like the cool aunt or are you like the narc aunt? What, what's your <sighs> reputation with him? You know, I thought that I was the cool aunt, but I think maybe I'm not after this trip. Did you did you sit him down and tell him that it's okay, he doesn't need to pretend to like women's soccer? <laughs> he actually just likes it organically. We did have one little short short conversation about pronouns, which was enjoyable to me. Uh, so the other thing that happened was that we took him into Seattle for, for, for an afternoon, wanted to show him the city, took him to a Mariners game. And we had what I think was the quintessential Seattle experience, which was we went to – I had to pee, so A, that's quintessential Seattle. That is yeah. the quintessential, yeah. Looking for a bathroom. Uh, so we went into a coffee shop that is also a design studio. So it's like an office where they're selling high-end furniture, but you can also get lattes. Very Seattle. And uh, so we also very Berlin. I'll say oh, the part that, of Berlin I'm in is like nothing but shit. Like, why that, does yeah. everything have to be a combo? Like, there are fifty I fucking coffee shops slash bike shops in Seattle. I do not understand why. Do you really need coffee while you get your bike tuned up? Apparently so. Anyway, apparently. So we were sitting by the coffee bar, and there was a woman on a Zoom call, right, like on the co- right by us at the coffee bar, and she was having a conversation with. It sounded like one of her, like her boss or something. And it sounded like, I don't know if she was defending herself or just sort of explaining what had happened, but she, this woman had 
she had experienced what she thought was some microaggressions from a coworker. So she had sent the coworker some articles from Tema Akun <laughs> about uh, white supremacy in the workplace, and the coworker complained to HR. <laughs> Over the complaint that for having been sent Timo Kuhn articles. Yes. So I think this That's was awesome. He got really the quintessential Seattle experience. I forgot to mention one thing, which is that we did a bike tour, and one of the guys who worked at the bike shop was a listener and recognized my name when we signed up. Whoa. Yeah. Was it a, a bike shop slash coffee shop? No, unfortunately, just a bike shop. Wow. It's international stars, Jesse. Katie, what is the name of this internationally recognized podcast? This is Blocked and Reported, and I'm Katie Herzog. Katie, this week you're going to tell me a very strange story involving furries and another even weirder subculture. Is that right? Yes, Jesse. Apologies in advance. But before that, we have a announcement. We do. We are bringing back ads. Really sleazy ads. <laughs> I am like my dream is that Tushy will come back and sponsor us and we can do another 50 ads on butt sprays. Fantastic Mm -hmm. product. I'm not lying about that. It is a fantastic product. Last winter, I have one in my house. Last winter, my brother was in a really bad accident. He fell 50 feet off of a climbing wall, broke both arms, both legs, (laughs) fractured his spine, has a big dividend in his forehead. And what I did to help out, I flew to North Carolina and installed a Tushy on his toilet. I'm a great sister. Great product. It's so weird that that's like the context in which you finally told everyone about your brother's injury. <laughs> to basically to help support Toshi. A company that is not advertising with us. He's doing fine, by the way. Very well. Sorry, I didn't. I meant to ask a month ago. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. I figured if anything bad had happened, you would have told me. I mean, something bad did happen. Oh, yeah. He broke all of his limbs, fractured his spine, and has a giant divot the, shape, the size of a cherry in his forehead. But he does have a tushy. Back to what matters. I think the way the the way I'm going <laughs> to let the reintroduction of advertising corrupt me is I'm just going to sort of openly pine for products, hoping that people hear like, uh, you know, Baldur's Gate 3, this role-playing game you probably haven't heard of. Yeah. Sounds really good. Sounds like a great game. It would be cool if I should just happen to uh, to get a copy. Yeah. Same with cars, like like a new car would be great too, stuff like that. For me, it's a mattress. I recently bought a new bed, a king-size bed, but I didn't buy a king-size mattress. So I now have a queen-size bed on a king-size, a queen-size mattress on a king-size bed. So, I, and the reason I haven't bought the bed is, A, I'm, the mattress is A, I'm cheap, and B, I'm hoping we can get a mattress sponsor. <laughs> yeah, we, first <laughs> first podcast to ever have a mattress sponsor. <laughs> You're gonna break that the 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 cotton seal no not yeah, the cotton that, ceiling that, that's, that's something it. else yeah the uh the the cushion ceiling um, <laughs> I think it's cotton okay so basically we'll say something like a word from our sponsors can we come up with something less lame than that no okay we'll say a word from our sponsors <laughs> and then what follows that is an ad and then we'll say something like back to the show or something less lame than that but it'll probably just be back to the show Jesse's concerned that you're not going to be able to differ- differentiate between the content and the ads I have faith I think you will I think you guys are going to know. Well, it's more that Katie, that we're now addressing the listeners directly and each other in the third person, <laughs> which is always a good sign. I want to bring back the ad music we had because I think that's a nice um, way to set it aside editorially. Katie doesn't want to do that because she doesn't care. No, it's not that. It's and it's a bad person. The clip, the clip of the ad music is too short. And so I just think we're going to have to shop around for various different ad musics. Why don't we just use the Macarena without asking for permission? Compromise. That's going to go really well. We'll take the the lawsuit comes out of uh, your your thirty percent of the earnings. I think okay. I think it will be clear what we're touting. But yeah, I, I mean, we should, in all honesty, like we're not going to do ads for. We each have our own. Everyone's got their own thing, like their own thing they wouldn't want to advertise. There's some things we don't want to advertise, but uh, everyone knows what ads are. So I think it should be clear, right? Anything else on that? Yes. So the only other thing is that our primos, our subscribers, will not be hearing the ads. One of the perks of subscribing is that you get ad-free content. Yeah. So that is another good reason to sign up to be a premium subscriber at blockedreported.org. But uh, yeah, so you can look forward to hearing an ad later this episode. Or just fast forward to the ad right now. Skip the rest of it. If you're not a primo. If you're a primo, you don't get to hear the ad. You don't have to hear the ad. Okay, so let's get to the uh, the furry conundrum. Jesse, allow me to set the scene. Are you allowing me? Hold on, give me a sec. And okay, I'll allow it. It's early July 2023, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. July 4th to be exact. And whereas most Pittsburghians, or is it Pittsburghers? What do they call themselves? Uh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburghanians. Okay, yeah. Most of them are like eating hot dogs, pledging their allegiance, calling 911 on their neighbors for setting fireworks off until 3 (laughs) a.m. However, somewhere in Pittsburgh, 
there's an even more quintessentially American event going on. AnthroCon 2023. Yes, Jesse, we're talking about furries again. Specifically, a subset of furry known as the Therian. What is a Therian? We'll get to that shortly. But first, you need to know a little bit about AnthroCon, which is the biggest furry convention and one of the longest running ones in the world. More than 13,000 people, well, I guess I shouldn't call them people, more than 13,000 furries attended this year, including our very own in-house jackal, Tracing Woodgrains. He sent us a little description of the event. So in most ways, it feels like a Comic-Con, a sci-fi convention, or an anime convention, from what I understand of those environments. Except that something like a quarter of the people there are wandering around in animal costumes, and a whole lot more have, like, animal ears, tails, or other furry accessories. Uh, panels throughout the day, so like I attended a Therian focus group, an aviation furries meet and greet, a psychology of furries panel, and a few more, and a rave, dance-off, and similar activities at night. And of course, it's got a massive dealer's den full of merchandise. Art, accessories, t-shirts, flags, and so forth. Uh, you do see occasional fetish gear and over-sexual nonsense here and there. So, you think pup masks, uh, like, hypersexual bimbo horse fursuit, uh, pretty disturbing, like, plushy gimp suit. Uh, realistically, it should probably be 18+, um, but the overall atmosphere at the convention itself is much more nerd together than anything else. Wandering around a giant convention space, going to panels, watching costume parades, and so forth. It's about at the level of uh, spiciness or what have you of a renaissance fair, generally speaking. There's a fair bit I like about all of it, and at times I wish I was the sort who could uncritically join in on things, but then sometimes they open their mouths and uh, that's less fun. Among furries, to be in the center is functionally to be on the far right, so something like 12% of furries identify as center or moderately conservative, virtually none as very conservative, and a whole lot are some variety of leftist. Chants of eat the rich spontaneously erupt at seemingly random times to loud cheers. They feel obliged to maintain a mask mandate in the year of our Lord 2023, even though nobody can actually be bothered to keep one on in practice. Jesse, have you booked your flight for next year? Absolutely. I will say I'm guessing the sort of the, the eat the rich thing is funny to me because I'm guessing the sort of person uh, <laughs> Spends who money. embraces yeah. that lifestyle and has time to go fly to a for a convention is themselves not poor. You don't think poor people are spending thousands of dollars on fursuits? Dude, I just had the idea of like working class furries who dress up as like a downtrodden dog <laughs> covered in coal dust. <laughs> That's so cute. Okay, so at AnthroCon 2023, there was one inexplicable star of the show. And I say inexplicable because it makes no fucking sense. Basically, there was a small furry puppet named Wiggle Fox. And people... No, I'm out. (laughs) I'm out. People absolutely loved this fox. It's just like a little fox puppet, like dancing around, doing puppet things. So like moving around jerkily. Here's a clip from from one video. This was posted on TikTok. It got over 10,000 likes on TikTok. Jesse, just please describe what's going on here. You want me to describe this? (laughs) Please do. I couldn't if I tried. Okay, first of all, I didn't even notice Wiggle Fox at first because there is a (laughs) giant, like, (laughs) pony dressed like a cheerleader with heaving bosoms that remind (laughs) me of that shop teacher in Canada. Oh, yeah, totally. But then to the... the Pony's left is this tiny little unremarkable marionette of like a white furry fox. Yeah, so it's like what a, is this? It's like a a sexy pony twerking and the little wiggle fox dancing with the pony. Is that you think that's accurate? Yeah, it's just weird because like why is it weird, Jesse? <laughs> Islamic extremist groups spend so much money on this like glossy propaganda. They could just show people. <laughs> our own TikTok videos. They could just show libs of TikTok videos, really. Yeah, I guess. Okay, so yes, that's the, the this fox guy is called, what's he called again? Wiggle Fox. Wiggle Fox, okay. And Wiggle Fox really was the star of the show. I don't know why. I mean, there were like lots and lots of videos, like TikToks and Twitter, people like spotting Wiggle Fox, you know? And because it was a furry convention, people made fan art out of the puppet. It was all over the internet, all over social media. Unfortunately, a lot of this doesn't really translate to audio very well because most of the videos are just like the hideous dance music that you just heard with this little puppet dancing with what looks like mascots. It's just, it's not good audio. But if you search Anthrocon puppet on Twitter or TikTok, you'll see how much attention this little thing got. I think this tweet sums it up nicely. Someone tweeted... Everything that Lil Fox Puppet from Anthrocon, sorry, hashtag Anthrocon represents and stands for is exactly the reason why I love being a part of this fandom. <laughs> what does it represent and stand for? Okay, so there's a backstory here. Wiggle Fox is made by a furry named Hearth Fox, who's an artist who goes by 
A-M is pronouns, I think. So I don't know how to pronounce them. It was a tribute to a friend who died. That's the story, at least. I would love nothing, nothing more to debunk the cute little furry's origin story, but I actually do think that this was made as a tribute to a, to a Jesse's friend. But what we are actually here to do is talk about the milkshake ducking of Wiggle Fox. Uh-oh. So, yeah. But before we get to what happened, we need to go back to that term, Therian. Are you familiar? I do not know what a Therian is. Okay, you know what otherkins are, right? Yeah, otherkins, it's like a person who identifies as like a dog or some shit. But like in more than a furry way, like deep down. Not a dog. Not a dog? No, an otherkin would be someone who identifies as like a dragon or an elf or a Pokemon character. Okay. Therians, that would be somebody who identifies as a dog. So like a real creature. Right. So Therians are people who identify specifically as animals. Okay, and I'm guessing the difference between a Therian and a furry is if you talk to a furry, that's just their fursona. They dress up as that, but they still know they're a human? Yeah, you basically got it. Okay. So many but not all Therians are furries. Furries are not necessary, necessarily Therians. I think the best way to describe it is like <laughs> furries like <laughs> – This is going to be in sex ed classes at like Cambridge Mass by this time next year. <laughs> furries like to dress up like cartoon animals, fursonas. Some of them like to dress up like cartoon animals and do sex stuff. Therians think they are those animals on a spiritual, emotional, or psychological level. Do, do they really or do they say they are as part of like a persona? Hard to know. I mean, I think some of them, for some of them, it's, it feels very genuine. And we'll, we'll get to this in a little while. And how many Therians are there? Is, do the U.S. Census ask about Therians yet? <laughs> yes, it doesn't ask about Arabs, but it does ask <laughs> about Therians. Okay, so according to various surveys, between 5 and 20% of furries consider themselves Therians. There are also Therians who don't consider themselves furries at all. Like, did you see the stories about the Japanese guy who spent $50,000 on this very realistic collie suit? Of course I did. Of course he did. Like, that wasn't some furry shit. Like, if you saw this dog in the street, you'd be like, hey, cute dog, does he fetch? My guess is that he is a Therian, but not a furry. Like, he doesn't want to be a cartoon dog. He wants to be a dog dog. So, so furries are, it's like, yeah, it's sort of big eye, cute, cartoon versions of animals. They're not trying Very to anime. look like the real thing. Yeah. Right. So in that case, the collie is anonymous. He doesn't want his friends to know that he wears a $15,000 collie costume for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. He wouldn't be proud of that. And Therians do kind of tend to keep to themselves, like tend to stay under the radar, and they're only open about their identities within their own communities. So, so it sounds like they're they're weirder, but much less annoying. In some ways, depends on on like okay. in person or online. Online, it can be very annoying, and and part yeah. of this is tactical. So, there's a significant overlap between Therian communities and trans communities. And almost all Therians are trans sympathetic, and they know the whole, like, people who identify as animals thing can be used as a cudgel against trans people. Like in, you know, libs of TikTok-style stories about kids using litter boxes at schools, and so they have an incentive to keep a low profile. Another part— Which, to be clear, I, we don't think happened, right? No, We're I mean— not seen No, we talked about this on another show. I mean, yeah. there was a—This American Life looked into this, and there was a—there are schools that keep litter boxes— in like in a closet in a classroom. And the reason is because if there's a fucking lockdown in the case of a school shooter or something like that, the kids need a place to pee. It's much darker. Yeah, much, much darker. darker. I mean, there are lots of kids who go out, go around wearing like, uh, you know, cat ear headbands and shit like that. You see that on the street. That's sort of a look. Yeah. And kids play around with identities and stuff. But the idea that, that schools are installing litter boxes for kids to use because they identify as it. Really is, caught on on the right, but it's just not a thing. Yeah. And as far as we know, and I'm sure somebody will correct us if we're wrong, uh, there have been zero documented cases of a school installing a litter box to pacify furries or other kids or Therians. More likely they will say they know someone who knows someone who heard that, as I encountered repeatedly on Twitter. But anyway, moving on. Exactly. And another part of the reason that the Therians tend to keep a low profile or at least disconnect their Therian identity from their human identity is because people mock them endlessly anytime they draw attention to themselves and they are generally treated as, you know, self-evidently deluded, mentally ill losers and they are targets for comedy and derision because they are self-evidently deluded, mentally ill losers. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Therians, we love you. Here's a clip of, her, of Hearth Fox, the Therian who made Wiggles the Fox, talking about this exact issue on TikTok. My name is Fox, and I thought I'd weigh in on some things. I've been seeing a lot of videos on this app about people who identify as cats, students using litter boxes, getting chin scratches, and, and all this stuff. And it's all coming from right-wing spaces, and they're using it to de-legitimize trans people. 
which I am. I'm a trans non-binary individual. I'm also 35 years old, and I'm what's known as a Therian. A Therian is somebody who experiences what's called species dysphoria, which, believe it or not, is a real thing. See me? I'm a fox. I've always been a fox. I've known that since I was a little kid, and when I was 14, I learned the term Therian and Therianthropy, and I found the community. And it helped me accept myself in a way that I never really felt accepted before. And here's the thing about Therianthropy. It can manifest in a hundred of different ways. Like, there, nobody's experiences are exactly the same thing twice. But the thing about us is, we don't consider ourselves to be queer adjacent. We don't consider ourselves to be part of the LGBT community. We don't want our existence to delegitimize the existence of trans people. And it hurts seeing basically more and more focus on like the exact kind of person that I am being used to hurt other people like me. And I hate it. And I just wanted to be open and honest and let you know that we do exist and this shit's not cool. Okay, that's enough. I, one of my questions is, how much is this person getting every month from Chris Rufo? How many dollars? <laughs> it's like perfect. It's just like, it, it is a conservative's wet dream. Mm-hmm, it is. So not all Therians are in the closet. Hearth Fox is obviously not. A's not even in costume in the video. A shows A's face. But perhaps... Why are you... You're so... You're being like... What? I'm respecting A's pronouns. You have said previously, okay, you're doing it in a snide. <laughs> no, way. I'm not. I'm not. You are reading into something that isn't there. I am a pronoun respecter. We are on the record of being pronoun respecters on this show. No, you're on the record of saying like neo pronouns now. No, I'm a pronoun respecter. I'm going to use it every time I talk about A. M. <laughs> okay. Perhaps the most famous Darian went by the name Stalking Cat. You would probably recognize this person. He had over a dozen medical procedures to make him look like a tiger. Although, spoiler alert, he did not actually look like a tiger. He looked like a man who had over a dozen procedures to make himself look like a tiger. He had facial implants, ear and teeth shaping, and nose flattening. Uh, Jesse, I put a photo of him in our notes there. Do you want to describe him? Yeah, but first, I'm curious what listeners think. Stalking cat can be spelled two ways. Which do you think is worse or would be worse? (laughs) Okay, stalking cat. Yeah, that's horrible. That's like an absolute nightmare. It looks like someone who just had like bee stings. Okay, he had his teeth sharpened into fangs. His face looks swollen. He has weird tattoos. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a good look. He was pretty famous in the furry community and outside the furry community. He had trouble getting work, and he died penniless at the age of 54 in 2012. Uh, Today, one of the more famous Therians is a trans woman named Naya Okomi, or the wolf girl, as she called herself. And she's done a number of TV hits, including on Fox News. Jesse, would you like to see Jesse Waters from Fox News meet Wolf Girl? Absolutely. But first, an ad and housekeeping. Jesse, as you know, we make millions of dollars every year selling our famous tote bags, t-shirts, hats, thongs, onesies, and our hand-stitched, blocked and reported death shrouds. We sure do. I actually quit my day job as the rat at Chuck E. Cheese to sell merch full-time. That's how much money our retail business is raking in. Your family must be so proud that you finally got a job that doesn't require a hairnet or a fursuit. If you also want to quit your day job and sell thongs and death shrouds for a living, you have got to check out Shopify. Shopify already took the cash register online, and they're doing the same thing at actual retail stores, the kind with doors and walls and customers in them. That's right. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash barpod, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash barpod to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash barpod. Housekeeping time. We are Blocked and Reported. We are a podcast. You can find us at blockedandreported.org, where for just $5 a month and up, you can get three extra episodes a month. I think our next one's going to be on this little controversy involving Richard Hanania, right? I am very excited about this one. As the Grand Marshal of Tolerance, I get to decide who is racist, how racist they are, and how they should be punished. Looking forward to uh, putting on my robe and and wielding my scepter for that. Uh, So you can get that. You can get some other great stuff. You're going to be part of a growing community of more than 12,000 people. How crazy is that, Katie? Crazy. If you took all 12,000 people... And line them up hand to hand. There'd be 12,000 of them. That would be a lot yeah. of people. It'd be That'd a lot be of people. Very sweaty yeah. hands. We also have merch. Barpodmerch.com will we'll, um, redirect you. We've got some great shirts. And uh, what else we got? We got a tote bag. We got hats now. The hats are apparently selling well, shockingly. Awesome. That's great. It's not shocking. Everything sells well. You can also check out mm-hmm. our subreddit at blockedandreported.reddit.com. Anything else for housekeeping, Katie? Rate and review us on iTunes. Rate and review us on iTunes. We made progress because I believe, you know what? Let's get greedy. We're up to 4.7. Our new goal, as, as this is how life works. We got what we wanted. We're at four point seven. I'm still miserable. Yeah. You sound like you're you're still Horrible. miserable, Horrible. as miserable as ever. Yes, crying. we're not gonna be happy when we hit four point eight. We will be happy will be finally happy. after decades. Yeah. I, I'm sure, and I'm sure we'll feel that way when we actually hit it. So let's push for four point eight. That's the new goal. Four point eight. Four point eight. Okay, that was housekeeping. Katie, back to the story. All right, Jesse. Jesse Waters. So this is Jesse Waters interviewing who again? Wolf Girl. You're not pulling one over on us are you this is like a real thing you're doing <laughs> no i'm not it's uh i am a wolf therian um there's there's many different people who sort of feel that they're a therian um or that they're other kin other kin is more of a of a general term you were mentioning dragons and such that would fall under other kin whereas having um you know a earthly animal or a being that has once walked the earth would classify as therian Okay, I feel like I'm in the metaverse all of a sudden. So, Naya, <laughs> do you? What is your mating ritual like? Is it with other wolves? <laughs> um, there's somebody I deeply care for called Raven. She's not a Therian now. She's not. She's not a Raven. Um, but no, not necessarily. Um, you know, you don't have to be a Therian or an otherkin to be somebody that you know I'd be interested in romantically. Um, I, I think the way that I find, you know, somebody romantically is very similar to how you would find someone romantically, somebody who has common interests, somebody that I click with, you know what I mean? That That's kind of more what it's about. Okay, there's a lot of language here that I've never, never heard before, but I'm just going <laughs> to have to trust you here. Uh, can you give me a howl to prove that you're a real wolf? <laughs> Absolutely. Give me one moment. It's funny that in neither the, I assume they go by she, in neither the, so there's one clip of them running around like a wolf while the interview plays, but they're not, they didn't put much effort into looking like a wolf. It's, they're like a non-passing wolf. <laughs> but also like, what what's your strategy? Jesse Waters producer calls? You're going to go on Jesse Waters? Is that, it just seems like a, a mistake. But um, anyway, I get the point. This is someone who... Runs around acting like a wolf. Yeah. So on that note, there is, as I mentioned earlier, there's some overlap between the Therian community and the trans community. The same way there is between the furry community and the trans community. There's also a, appears to be a correlation. This is based on surveys on autism. Yeah. I, I you know, um, that doesn't surprise me. I don't, I, I don't really have any theories as to why that is, but yeah. Some of these folks give off like a little yeah. bit of a neurotypical vibe, I say, without yeah. any judgment whatsoever. He's not judging, folks. He's not judging. I'm not. He's I'm not. generally not. He's not. You're the one who, I'm who not judging. was snide about the E pronouns. I, I was not yeah. being snide about the pronouns. I'm a pronoun respecter. Okay, so what is it actually like to be a Therian? Our resident furry tracing wood grains, he reached out to Hearth Fox, and A explained it like this. I feel like an animal. It's not something I choose, really. What does that look like day to day? I enjoy nature, hiking, communing with the forest. Fuck, Jesse. I think I might be an animal too. <laughs> Are you going to come out as a Therian? 
It continued, mostly it's less a lifestyle and more a thing in my head, like a background program that constantly pings, fox, 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 and suddenly I'm aware that my body feels wrong and human society feels alien. I experience phantom limbs such as tail, paws, snout, and ear. I actually emote with my ears, but other people can't see. Okay. So these uh, uh, symptoms, I guess you might call it, are not uncommon among Therians, or at least among self-reports of self-identified Therians. According to FurScience.com, which should be a major if it's not already. <laughs> FurScience.com. <laughs> you know what? They're at, at New College of Florida, they've killed the gender studies program. I hope that they re- that they institute FurScience instead. Dude, the, the Japanese are decades ahead of us on FurScience. They're totally <laughs> True. embarrassing us. Okay, so according to FurScience.com, quote, Therians were significantly more likely than non-Therians to experience phantom body parts. I assume they're talking about tails there. I hope so. Uh, yeah. So Hearth Fox, he has also tweeted a bit about his species dysphoria. This is a term that comes up a lot with Therians and other kinds, as does the term species euphoria. So like the antithesis of species dysphoria. And it feels very similar to the language that trans people use. There's some obvious similarity there. They feel like they were born in the wrong body. That is a human body. Hearth Fox, by the way, is also transgender. So I guess A is a male who identifies as a female fox. So, Jesse, what do you think about this? Do you think this is a legitimate condition or a Tumblr fad? Somewhere in between. I mean, yeah, it can sort of be both. I guess the one difference is if we're talking about, like, actual gender dysphoria, we have, I think, pretty decent theories, like, involving maybe, like, prenatal hormones for why, like, some forms of gender dysphoria might arise, especially among people who feel like a sense of mismatch from a very young age. I'm not really sure what could happen to your brain to make you feel like a fox, but there's there's all sorts of weird instances of like uh, contagious psychogenic stuff. Like there's a, a disease or a condition that pops up in different cultures. Scott Alexander Siskin has a great post about this where men think their penis is going to fall off or retract into their body. Weird. If that, if... People very strongly feel that's real. Why can't they very strongly feel they're a fox? Right. I think. Of course, that doesn't mean everyone who says that feels it strongly because right. it also does get you attention and status. Right. That makes total sense to me. I mean, if like gender, like they, they use the term species dysphoria, but maybe dysmorphia is actually a, sort of a better comparison. And to me, like if, if somebody can feel strongly that they really, really, really need to be paralyzed or have one leg or cut off an arm, and we know that this is a thing that happens, then why could somebody not feel really, really strongly that actually I'm a squirrel? Um, I mean, I think... Just because, like, we, I think, I, I don't know, brain, like, brains don't explain everything, but I think we have pretty clear understandings of how someone could, like, feel that way about their own body part. Whereas I'm not quite sure how someone could feel or even know what it means to be a squirrel. I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking it. Okay. Well, whatever the cause of this, some people are trying to make Therians a reality. And by that, I mean they're trying to make it possible to modify a human body to be more animalistic. So there's this thing called the Freedom of Form Foundation. I'm going to read you from the vision and strategy page on their website. Everyone deserves to be able to live in a body that fits their identity, including if that identity is not fully human. Identity affirmation is underrepresented in biomedical research, and it is now time to bring the exciting pace of technical progress in gene and cell therapies, neuroprosthetics, surgical interventions, and other technologies to this impactful, life-changing application. Then later on the page... Our grand aim is to develop all necessary techniques for a complete anthropomorphic bodily modification procedure to be available for patients within the next 30 years or so. And the page includes a research schedule that details where they are prioritizing their research. Let me read you the categories. Tail, craniofacial, ears, paws and claws, (laughs) digitigrade stance, that's like how you stand, integument, that's the uh, skin, nails, hair, things like that, presumably fur. Eye changes. And the last one, gender affirmation. I don't know where that fits into this. I don't either. I mean, I guess it's like if you want to be a male duck, they could give you like a spiral penis. <laughs> oh, my God. That is a horrifying thought. I guess as you as you describe this, it just strikes me as like, actually, there's like some ethical issues here. Okay. First of all, we don't yet have the surgery to turn people into animals. But if we did, this would, uh, you'd have to be careful. This is going to attract some troubled people. And this is like permanent serious shit. So I hope, I don't know, part of me just hopes they don't actually get that far along. 
Jesse, come on. Everybody deserves to live in a body that fits their identity, including if that identity is not fully human. Yeah. Okay. Would you do this? Like, if you could convince Lee become, I don't know, a female horse or a, or a pigeon, would you do it? <laughs> would I do this? <laughs> no. It's such a, would I do this? Yes. Yeah. Make me a dog. No. Not, no matter how good the surgery gets, it will not function better than your body, however you feel about your body. So you're saying that even if you get the surgery and it's pretty convincing, you are not going to actually be the thing that you want to be. Y- yes, right. It, well, I also, it's just, I don't know. We, this isn't a philosophy podcast, but the idea that you are entitled to a body that matches your identity, I think that's pretty undercooked and I don't know exactly what it means. And maybe we can leave it at that. The plastic surgery industry would beg to differ. Right. Okay. So there's something else you need to know about this community. Now, despite the is, fact is that there... <laughs> Despite the fact that we're talking about people who dress up like animals and sometimes have sex have sex while they're dressed up like animals, there is a very strict taboo within the Therian slash Otherkin slash furry community against open zoophilia. Does that surprise you? By open zoophilia, you mean they draw a line between having sex with someone dressed as a dog and having sex with an actual dog? Correct. Or talk about wanting to have sex with an actual dog? Okay. Correct. That doesn't surprise me because their whole point of destigmatizing these identities is that it's not a pervy thing. It's just like an identity like any other. Exactly. Which is why furries will constantly lie about the fact that for for many of them, and there are surveys about this, it is many of them, it is actually tied up with sex. It's actually part of their kink. So Hearthfox, a self, has weighed in on this on Twitter. A tweeted, Even I, who feel I am an animal in a person, still recognize that other animals are experiencing reality in a way that is different than mine, insisting one's biased view of what animals are communicating is, in fact, arrogant. So, actually fucking animals, even while you were in your animal costume or fantasizing about it, is a big no-no within this community. That said, I'm going to read you a bit from the book Auto Heterosexual by Phil Illy. He is himself a transish person. Basically, he's AGP and open about it. He writes and does research on this issue. Do we need to explain AGP? Yeah, it stands for autogynophilia. It's the idea of like a sexual orientation where you're male, but you're attracted to your the idea of yourself as a woman. So there's like some forms of erotic cross-dressing and folks should just read Alice Drager's Galileo's Middle Finger. But I... This is basically a controversial idea in some subsets of the trans mm-hmm. community, but there are some people who are just like, yes, this describes my identity. And it's not inherently bad any more than any sort of like uh, kink is bad as long as you're not, you know, taking advantage of anyone or doing it non-consensually. Yeah, read Alice Drager's Galilee's Middle Finger. So Definitely. from the book, as expected, Therians are sexually attracted to animals at uncommonly high rates. In community surveys, about a third of Therians admit that they are attracted to animals and a higher proportion don't deny being attracted to animals. So these surveys are – these are like based on internet surveys. I haven't (laughs) – Katie, I was going to say, these don't represent the average working Therian in the middle of Illinois. These are just online Therians. Come on. How representative can that be? I have not looked deeply into the methodology here. These surveys could be flawed. But I don't find it hard to believe that Therians are more likely than the average bear to be ex- sexually attracted to animals because they think that they are animals. On some <laughs> word, cho- word choice. <laughs> on some kind of spiritual animal. But the taboo against embracing that attraction or talking about that attraction is is unambiguous. You may dress like a pussycat. You may not touch the pussy's pussy. Okay, so... Sounds like a zen cone. So this brings us to the sliced ham of today's story. Remember, as I said earlier, Wiggle Fox, the puppet made by Hearth Fox, was the star of the con. So naturally, people dug through a bunch of A's ears social media posts, and wouldn't you know it, they found something problematic. So one, just to refresh, Hearth Fox uh, built and is the person controlling Wiggle Fox, and they went through Hearth Fox's tweets. Okay, what did they find? Okay, so this is going to make absolutely no sense to anyone who doesn't exist in an alternate reality where people can be animals. But let's do a little role play. In our notes here, I've 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 pasted a conversa- a Twitter conversation between two characters. I'm going to be Raisin, Ruffy Boy underscore Raisin, and you be Hearthfox. Ready? Yes. Sorry, I suppose I don't need to say it here, but I said that because Kime is a bad person and just saw it and was like, ooh, 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 ooh. Kaim isn't a bad person, though. They like feral porn and have feral NSFW of their Sona. Uh, I think that's pretty fucking bad. But it's fictional? It's made up. They're not actually feral or hunting animals. What does it matter if someone imagines themselves as an animal? 
We're furries. Our community is based on respect as long as it doesn't hurt anyone. Kaim hasn't hurt a soul. I have no fucking clue what's going on. That last thing that Hearth Fox said got very badly ratioed. Uh, yes. So explain this to me, please. Okay, so to translate, Kaim is a Therian friend of Hearth Fox's. And in this tweet, Raisin Ruffy Boy is saying Kaim is a, th- is a bad person because they like feral porn and have made not safe for work art of their own Sona that's for Sona. And that's, quote, pretty fucking bad. You got it? Yeah. <laughs> Idiot. What's feral porn? I don't want to know. but Oh, like you don't know. Feral porn is drawn pornography of non-anthropomorphic animals, usually with implied human intelligence. This is highly controversial with this community due to the aforementioned complete taboo against zoophilia or bestiality. So what Hearth Fox has done wrong here, and I use the term wrong in deep scare quotes, is defend A's friend who draws pictures of himself as an animal having sex, a dog in particular. Of course, as Hearthfox points out, it's fictional. It's made up. It's not actually feral or hurting animals. They're not actually feral or hurting animals. They're, okay, so so Kaim is a they, them. What do you think about this, Jesse? Does feral porn cross the line for you? I'm so fucking, I, yes, no, I don't know. <laughs> this is just the, this like... <laughs> Very strange community where, on the one hand, saying you identify spiritually as a fox is okay. On the other hand, drawing a cartoon of yourself as a dog having sex is totally taboo. Yes. I feel like um, I've been dropped into an alien culture and cannot grok their morality. So you could like draw a picture of yourself as a dog, like marrying somebody else, but not consummating the marriage. You could also draw a picture as your, of yourself as a dog with like giant titties. That's fine. <laughs> But is it as soon as they're like someone's licking them, that's inappropriate? I don't understand the line. Well, I guess the difference is because these are – he's drawing himself as like a real dog, not like a cartoon dog. Not – oh, okay. The dog is too realistic. Right, right. This is like – this gets very philosophical. At what point is there's like an uncanny valley between cartoon dog fucking someone and real dog fucking someone? And there's a line somewhere in there that you can't cross. Exactly. So this tweet goes viral within this community, and the vast majority of their, sp- of their responses is like, what the fuck, Hearthfox, you fucking freak. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you yeah. freak. And as an aside. These, are, these <laughs> people are calling Hearthfox a freak. That's so awesome. Yeah. And you fucking weirdo. As an aside, I don't have to mention this, but I want to. Hearthfox is also, he has a null fetish account, which is this very niche kink that combines furries with nullas or smoothies. Do I need to explain that to you? Not a not a strawberry smoothie, no. I'm guessing. No, a smoothie is the absence of genitalia. So basically like a Kindle. I need to upload. There's this uh, sound effect in The Simpsons of someone running to their car and turning it on <laughs> and driving away. I need to just keep fucking. You keep talking. I'm actually going to download that and do it. Okay, so back to the tweets. Uh, the reaction to this was captured best by a furry critic who goes by the name Corvus and has a fascinating backstory of his own. Maybe we'll discuss on a future episode. So Corvus was actually at Anthrocon 2023. He snuck in. He also followed the blow up online and uh, he captured a bunch of the screenshots of people mad at Hearthfox. And there's most of them are not worth reading because it's a lot of like, this ain't it, chief. And you might want to rethink that shit like this. I did like this one by Cat Furry. If you draw animal dick, you are gross. <laughs> well, there you have it. So this also became a thing on TikTok. Uh, do you want to see a couple? Oh no. Okay. When it comes to a smack pack, I can't What? <laughs> this is like a You gotta describe it. Wait. No, I know. I'm trying to. I don't have the words. Because it's like um what what animal? It looks like they're they have giant ears that look like butterfly wings. Literally what animal is that? It's like a yeah. It's like a uh, like a a white squirrel slash butterfly. Some sort of squirrel butterfly thing is dancing, and the words on the screen say "unfriendly reminder that the owner of the Wiggle Fox puppet at AC, aka the Hearth Fox, actively justifies and supports feral not say what." Okay. Here's another one. I take on the Wiggle Fox Hearth Fox situation. For context. The creator of the Wiggle Fox Puppet supports feral animal in SFW art. I am very aggressive on this topic, and I believe anyone who enjoys or supports philic fantasies should get help or perish. Enjoying actual animal corn is absolutely disgusting. Fictional or not, a fictional animal still represents a real-life animal. 
Cardfox's apology, or should I say response, is literally just them justifying Zufilic and SFW. Their reasoning is the furry fandom is weird that doesn't make it okay to be attracted to animals. Harf wasn't in the right mind, a grown adult should understand it's not okay to defend zoophiles, especially if they hate zoophiles. If you still support Heartbox after this situation, literally block me. Whose voice is that? A fucking furry robot. This is so weird. Okay, I see you have one more I have to do. One more. This is this one is a slightly more nuanced position, but once again, please describe what is happening. It's literally four so in the morning, and I'm woman. PJs, well, I shouldn't say that. A female-seeming person box wearing a box with green eyes and <laughs> giant ears. I just want to get. It's like a poor man's fursuit. <laughs> now I already see some of y'all in the comments coming out about me. This isn't about my drama. All of my stuff was debunked. I've, I've posted videos about that months ago. I'm gonna make this as short and sweet as I possibly can. I am not on anybody's side in this situation. I'm not here to start drama, spread drama, or start any arguments whatsoever, so please do not do that. People are calling Hearthfox a feral NSFW art supporter because of this screenshot. And I can understand why. Personally, I do not think that they are a zoophile. I do not think that they support zoophilic actions. I do believe that they have the wrong thought process when it comes to this stuff. Because if you notice, they're talking about how it's fictional, so why does it matter? Oh boy. Feral NSFW art is not okay in any context, with any character, or in any situation. Sentience or not. Period. Fiction absolutely does affect reality. And just because they're not actually doing anything to an animal does not make that okay. In any context. I normally do not make videos like this, but I thought that I would put this out there before this blows up and then everybody forgets about it in a month because the furry fandom just loves drama. It's coming from experience. <laughs> the amount of people to jump to conclusions and to send death threats is insane. This community absolutely baffles me. Instead of sending death threats and being an absolute asshole, Explain to them why this is wrong and why you should not think this way. Because no, no, Wiggle Fox is not a zoophile. At all. Not at all whatsoever. They just have the incorrect mindset when it comes between the line of real life and fiction. Wiggle Fox, you come across this, I apologize. I'm not here to start drama. I just want to. Okay, I, I I get it. How did how did Hearthspot Fox respond to all the other weirdos going after them? Well, I posted a big thread about it on Twitter, defending myself and demanding uh, apologies. Is never gonna get. Uh, here's a few of Ace tweets. Oh worm! I've been getting harassed all night. Haven't slept or taken my meds, and I'm a bit delirious. I'm refusing to take this lightly. I thought about ending my life last night. This isn't funny. It did die down eventually. Hearthfox is back to tweeting A's art. And when Trace reached out to him, excuse me, when Trace reached out to E, Trace asked how this has all been for him and how this affected Air's view of the community. And A said that it was hard and triggered some PTSD for, for A. And this was like, this really was a pylon. There were like, I don't know, hundreds of people fucking jumping all over this person for defending A's friend. And Hearth Fox also told Trace that this was particularly frustrating because A has personally done, quote, a lot of work trying to oust dangerous pedophiles from our fandom and in theory and spaces. But at some point during this, A realized that the people coming for M were just like a, a loud minority and many of them were minors. So in the end, Al decided just to read his ears Doubt a ching and let go of it all. Dude, they let, they just say there. It's like, <laughs> I can't understand. I'm Now I'm switching sides with you. It's just very hard to literally understand what I'm, you're saying. Hearthfox really does seem to have a pretty good perspective on this. And now says that, believe it or not, it really didn't change their view of the fandom. Quote, I still think it's a beautiful, loving, supportive community that I wouldn't be here without. 
And Hearthfox has also said something else that I found interesting. I'm just going to read you this. Therians have been around for a long, long time. Before the original werewolf horror forums, other kin had found one another after Tolkien wrote Lord of the Rings. Before that, Herman Hesse wrote Steppenwolf in 1927, a novel about a man who believes he is actually a wolf. He describes therianthropy perfectly. We are just a phenomenon that happens in some humans. We feel something there inside ourselves and curiously embrace it, letting it become real. We have had a bad string of media about us. Most interviews make us make fun of us or turn us into a sideshow, but we are real people. Are you? With real lives, passions, and careers, all while feeling this wildness in us that makes us feel like strangers to other humans. We've always been here. Many of us wake up younger, but it's possible to have awakening later in life. Honestly, I was sort of charmed by this person. I mean, strange, for sure. But Hearth Fox handled this pylon really well. He is back to, excuse me, A is back to... Uh, tweeting pictures of A's artwork, which is really charming. I think I might commission some furry art for you, Jesse. Do it. I would love that. What would you like to be? What sort of animal? Um, I think pigeon. Actually, that would be fitting, wouldn't it? If I just embraced or that, which lion. I hated. Or a sea lion, yes. Yeah. What are you more? You guys vote in the comments. Jesse, a sea lion or a pigeon? Two of the most annoying animals. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for that, Katie. That was. I've learned so many things. As as in all of our best segments, I've learned a lot of things I wish I didn't know, and that's great. Oh, <laughs> and uh, yeah. Just as a reminder, uh, sign up for the Primo subscription if you want to hear us talk about the Richard Hanania racism situation. But for now, this has been blocked and reported. As always, we are produced with help from Tracing Woodgrains, especially this week, given his knowledge of furrydom and the mysterious Lex. I'm Jesse Single, and remember. And I'm Katie Herzog. And also remember, you can pet the kitty, but you cannot, under any circumstances, pet the kitty.